0: Welcome to the Living Epistle Podcast, the place where you will find biblical principles to help you live out your faith on a daily basis and to have a positive impact on the lives of others. So get ready for another powerful episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Hello, my name is Tony Miles, and welcome to this week's episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Earlier this week, I was talking with a brother, and he was talking to me about a phrase that he had come across while he was reading this book titled, Hurt People, Hurt People, by Sandra D. Wilson. And in full transparency, I've not read the book, but I've only heard really great things about it. Anyway, the phrase that he got stuck on was this phrase called, quote, Undeserved grace. End quote. And the reason that he said he got stuck on this undeserved grace was because he was trying to figure out why God continues to shower so many of us with these wonderful blessings in spite of our undeserving selves. The truth of the matter is we are all undeserving of God's grace. And I don't know about you, but I know that I'm saved. I know I love Jesus with all my heart and with all my soul. And yet there are still times that I find myself doing or saying or thinking things that don't honor God. And so in those moments, in those instances, um, I can clearly see and they clearly show that I'm still a work in progress. And I don't use that as an excuse. That's a fact that I'm a work still in progress. And so let's just get one thing settled right from the jump. None of us deserve God's grace. None of us deserves, God, deserves God's grace. As a matter of fact, what we deserve is death. However, God gives us mercy, which means that we don't get death. And then he gives us grace. So by definition, by definition, the very definition of grace is God's unmerited favor, unmerited meaning undeserved, unwarranted, unearned. There's nothing that we've done. There's nothing that we can do. There's nothing that we um, can Uh, do to earn this grace that God gives us. We have it simply and solely because God desires to give it to us. And so let's just accept the fact that the grace that God gives, we don't deserve it. We just need to accept it and thank God for it. And so let's just pause just for two seconds right here to say, thank you, Lord, for your amazing grace, because truly we can't fully comprehend why you do it. We can't fully comprehend the the, the the depth of your love and your grace that you bestow upon us, but thank you, Lord, for it. And so all throughout the Bible, we see God pouring out his grace on imperfect people for the sake of his mission to bring hope to this dark, this lost and dying world. We see it all throughout. And so I never quite understood why Jesus t- chose the individuals he did. And as a matter of fact, Jesus didn't call the popular. He didn't call the rich. He didn't call the successful. He didn't call the rulers or the leaders um, to his ministry. But instead, he chose the poor. He chose the broken. He chose the imperfect people to fulfill his plan for humanity in the earth. And isn't that just like God where he does totally the Unexpected Of what we in our conventional wisdom would expect. And so I can only imagine how confused the Pharisees and the religious leaders must have been while they were looking at this team that uh, Jesus had pulled together. And they had to be thinking to themselves, wow, what a ragtag, motley crew of misfits this Jesus of Nazareth has pulled together. Right. So they had to be thinking something like that in the back of their minds. And so from our perspective today, of course, we now have history behind us and we can look back in history and we can see see from Jesus's perspective that it didn't matter where the people came from or where they were from. It didn't matter what they had done and it didn't matter who they used to be. Right. We see from Scripture and we see all throughout the Bible that God can use anybody with their brokenness, with their imperfections, no matter how broken, no matter how imperfect to accomplish his will. Okay, okay. I know you don't believe me. So let's just let's just take a quick look back down memory lane at some people in the Bible that we know that were broken, that were imperfect, that God used for his glory from the Old Testament. Some Here's some Old Testament imperfect soldiers that God used. Abraham. Abraham was old. Abraham and Sarah, as a matter of fact, they were well beyond childbearing years. And yet God blessed them with a child, the son of promise. Uh, without Abraham, none of us would be here today because he, again, was that first one of promise that God had promised that he would be the father of many nations. And from him, the seed of Abraham, all the nations of the world would be blessed. And so, again, Abraham, he was old. Joseph, not Mary and Joseph, but Joseph, Jacob's son, Jacob, who had 12 sons. And Joseph was one of the 12 sons, of of course, of which are the 12 tribes of Israel. But Jacob Um, Joseph, I should say, he was abused by his brothers. Some might even say he was bullied. For sure, we know that he was beaten. We know that he was going to be killed and he was thrown into a pit. But the brother at the last minute decided, hey, let's not kill him. Let's sell him into slavery. Boy, you talk about rough. That was rough. How about Moses? Moses, one of the greatest leaders and to this day, obviously, we're still talking about him. One of the greatest leaders in history. But Moses stuttered. He had a speech impediment, and yet God used him. Rahab. Rahab would, by anybody's definition, totally be disqualified. Rahab was a prostitute, and yet Rahab is of the line of David, which, of course, we know Jesus is of the line of David. And last but not least, Noah. Noah was a type and a shadow of a savior, right? He built the ark. He was obedient and saved, you know, the remnant of humanity from which all of us come. And yet Noah was a drunk. Noah had a drinking problem. OK, so how about in the New Testament In the New Testament? Early on, we run into the Samaritan woman. She was divorced Now, that was in and of itself crazy back in those days. Right. That um, number one, that Jesus would even be talking to a Samaritan woman. And by the way, and that she was divorced. And by the way, Jesus pointed out to her when he met her, that the guy that she was living with currently was not her husband. So, again, uh, she definitely was not an ideal candidate to spread the good news. And yet she did. Peter. Yes, Peter, Peter, great preacher. Some believe to be the first bishop of the uh, New Testament church, right? Certainly Catholics believe he was the first pope. Um, and yet, Peter denied Jesus three times before the, the uh, rooster crowed. Jesus predicted it, and he, surely he did. And there were many other things that Peter did, certainly, but again, great leader, but with his flaws, the disciples themselves, Jesus is praying in the garden of Gethsemane, getting ready to go to Calvary. And he asks, Hey, can you just pray with me for an hour? And what did they do? You got it. They fell asleep. That reminds me of me. That reminds me of some of us. I'm sure sometimes we, uh, the Lord asks, asks us to pray and we fall asleep in our prayers. We love Jesus, but we fall asleep. And finally, and then I'll move on. Paul, Paul, at the time he was Saul, Saul was a Roman citizen. He was also a Jew, but he was also a Pharisee who persecuted, persecuted the church in the sense of jailed and killed Christians before being converted to Christianity. And so you say, well, Tony, what's the point of all this? The point is God's modus operandi has not changed. What do I mean by that? The word of the Lord says that God is the same yesterday, today and forevermore. So if God back in the Old Testament times, if God back in the New Testament times, biblical times were using broken and imperfect people, surely God is still using broken and imperfect people today for his glory. And so the point really is, is that you nor I have the right to disqualify ourselves from being used by God because of our issues, because of our shortcomings. Because of our imperfections, as we just read in scripture, God specializes in using imperfect, using broken, using people with shortcomings, using people with issues. Those are the people that God specializes in using. And so today really is a great day to turn our issues, our shortcomings, our habits, our imperfections over to Jesus and to say, Lord, I place my whole life in your hands, the good, the bad, the ugly. Everything, Lord, you know, my shortcomings, um my bad habits, everything I place in your hands. And now I desire, Father, to be used for your glory. And then we can watch what God will do in our lives. As we've seen over and over and over again in Scripture and even in our own personal lives, that little really be does come much when we place it in the master's hand. And I'm so reminded of Philippians chapter one, verse six, where it says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And so here's what I would say in terms of worthiness, that in and of our own strength, no, we are not worthy. But by God's grace, we are worthy. And so if you ever feel like you aren't worthy enough to be used by God, yeah, accept that. And then say, but God and but by the blood of Jesus Right. Just remember by God's grace that we're covered under the blood of Jesus. And so as a result of the grace that God extended to us through his son, Jesus Christ, Jesus used a bunch of flawed people to share hope to a flawed and imperfect world. In God, we find renewal. In God, we find healing. In God, we find purpose. In God, we find wholeness. And Jesus didn't call those who were equipped, as we pointed out, he didn't call the religious leaders. He didn't call the rich or the wealthy or the political elite. But what he did do is he equipped those whom he called. And so no matter what you've been through, no matter what I've been through in life, remember that that same power that conquered the grave, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that same power that got him up after three days. He lives inside of us and he dwells within us. And so by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, you are worthy of life. You and I are worthy of God's love. We're worthy of God's joy. We are worthy of a fulfilling purpose that will take you and I to places that we have never imagined possible. Pause for a moment and think about your life. Pause for a moment and think about what God has done in your life. Think about where you came from. Think about where you grew up. Think about your background. I don't know about you, but I was thinking about this earlier today. And I was thinking about this boy from a working class neighborhood in Baltimore who went to an inner city school. I cannot even begin to thank the Lord enough for where how my life has turned out. And I think about the young lady that I married, a young lady who grew up in the Bronx in the projects. And what God has done in her life and what God has done in our lives together. I don't know about you, but God has done amazing things for me and for my life and continues to do so. And so it reminded me of Ephesians chapter three, verses 20 through 21. When we talk about fulfilling purposes and fulfilling things and taking us places that we can't even begin to imagine possible. Ephesians chapter three, verses 20 through 21. Read this way. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that you could ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. And so remember, family, just remember by God's grace that we are worthy of his love. We're worthy of his protection. We're worthy of his joy. We're worthy of purpose and knowing who we are. But more importantly, we know whose we are. And we can live this life with confidence knowing that he who has begun a good work in us is faithful to complete it until the day Jesus Christ comes. So remember, family, preach the gospel at all times. And when necessary, use words. This is Tony Miles. Thanks for listening. Now go and be a Living Epistle. Join us again next week for another episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Music for Living Epistle Podcast is provided by Audionautics.com.